Welcome back to the Lowdown Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Alex. Today, we're getting the life lowdown of a chemical engineer turned entrepreneur who created a subscription box for mental health and stress relief in memory of her brother. We do talk about Julia's mental health struggle, as well as her brothers who died by suicide five years ago. If you are struggling with your mental health, we have resources available linked on our show notes page. Here is the life lowdown of Julia Brogley. You're listening to The Lowdown, a podcast recorded at Sigma Kappa National Headquarters by Alex Green and Sarah Goodwin. We'll focus on topics like health, wellness, fraternity and sorority community, higher education, and life skills that women need in all stages of their lives. We'll also feature stories from inspiring, empowering, and ambitious Sigma Kappas. Tune in every other week for a new episode to help drive your personal growth forward. Well, hi, Julia. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lowdown podcast today. We're so excited to talk to you and hear about your story. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So let's just jump right in. Um, This month, May, is Mental Health Awareness Month or Mental Health Month. Um, And we know our members, a lot of women, just everyone in general, probably deals with at some point in their life. Um, So we were just hoping that we could talk to you a little bit about your mental health journey. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. And actually the statistics, it's one in five American adults is going to experience some sort of mental health issue in their life. And I think um, even taking a step back, I think everyone deals with stress on a daily basis and sort of building up your resilience or your your um, your ability to um, handle that stress um, it's so relevant so I think you know in May it's definitely highlighted but it should be something in in every in our day-to-day practice um, but yeah my journey with with mental health has really started when I was in middle school I started experiencing extreme anxiety um, and then different areas of perfectionism. So I've always been a perfectionist, uh, especially in school, just really trying my hardest. And it wasn't, it wasn't driven by anything that like my parents were putting on me. It was all self-imposed. But that's, that's really where it started. I would say like anxiety was really, and, and perfectionism was really the start of it in middle school and the high school. And then um, in college, I experienced a few different uh, bouts of depression. And um, unfortunately, I lost my brother to suicide five years ago, actually yesterday, April 7th. Um, And so obviously, this is something that has deeply affected me and my family. Uh, It runs in my family. um, And yeah, so that's, that's sort of the overview of my journey with mental health. And I, I like how you say that you said that, you know, one in five deal with it and it started with like, you know, anxiety and I think it can be, I mean, depression can be just, um, misunderstood is what I would say because people just say, oh, well just be happy. Think happy thoughts. Like don't think sad thoughts, but it's an actual illness. It's not, it's not just a thought. It's not about being happy. And I think I've learned that, um, more in recent years, uh, my husband, he went overseas for a while and he came back with, uh, PTSD. And so that's a little bit different, but it's still like, I couldn't get around, like, just 
be happy right now. Like, I don't understand. Just change your mindset. And it took a lot for me to understand it. So for someone that has never dealt with it before, um, I have never been depressed or anything like that. So it was hard to understand it. But I think it's really important for people to understand it's an illness. And it's not just a, a mind shift. I was always super embarrassed about it. Um, I never wanted to talk about it. Only a few people knew. And even when I was in like the worst depressive episode of my life, I there was like a very small group of people that actually knew what I was going through because I, I was so just did not want anyone to know. Um, and I know I think I think that's even like, you know, relative relative to Sigma Kappa and some of my sisters. I mean a few a few people knew, but for the most part I I didn't want anyone to know. And I'm just thinking now, um, since after my brother died, I started opening up more about my own story. And I mean, my family was just super open and we never tried to hide the fact that my brother was depressed or that it was a suicide. Um, but I've talked to so many of my sisters from, you know, the state of Delta chapter, and they were going through something very similar at the same time. And if only I would have spoken about it or been more open about it at the time, who knows that, you know, there were other people that were going through the same exact thing and you just don't realize it because you put on a happy face and you pretend like everything's a-okay and that you're just stressed about school. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important. Um, it's just as important for someone who's supporting someone that's going through, especially like PTSD um, and sort of navigating that. It can be very tricky, especially if you've never experienced um, depression yourself. So, you know, I give you a lot of credit because it's a hard job. Yeah, not easy. But I would love to hear how you dealt with it in college, Mm -hmm. like going out on your own. And then, I mean, I don't know if your parents knew since it runs in your family or you said, you know, a lot of your sister's didn't know. So how did you deal with that personally? So I didn't deal with it in the best way. I think, um, I was so resistant to it and didn't want to admit that there was a bigger issue at hand. Um, luckily, so my parents did know, and they didn't know the extent of it because I was so, I didn't want them to know the extent of it, but I finally, um, got the courage to go to, the mental health center at my school. And I went through the whole process of, you know, talking to, there was, there was a two-step process. So the first meeting was with a, I forget the name of what exactly what they called, but it was a therapist, but it was sort of like a placement therapist where you told your symptoms and you talked to them for probably like 45 minutes. Um, and then after that experience, so I had so much courage to actually go to the mental health center talk about what was going on. Um, especially like I, I always felt this enormous guilt because I had such a good life and I, I had literally everything I could ever want. And it didn't make sense to me why I was experiencing so much sadness. So to actually admit that there was something going on and that I needed help and to actually seek out the help and then to be told that there was a three month wait list to be able to actually see a therapist on a regular basis at my school. That was that was very disheartening. Um, so I, I talked to, I, I talked to a couple of therapists on the phone. Um, but I didn't, I think if I would have told my parents how serious it, it really was, they would have absolutely paid for or helped me pay for therapy outside of the school because 
we have three month wait list that's an entire semester. So I kind of just stuck it out and, and it was not healthy at all. Like I, my boyfriend at the time literally would like break into my house to make sure that I was eating and like get me out of bed and make sure that I was showering and it wasn't a pretty scene. And I, I don't, I would never want anyone else to go through that. Um, luckily now there's some different resources, online resources in particular, where you can talk to a therapist online, like Talkspace or BetterHelp. Um, but those, those things didn't exist back when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to just do a little plug for Talkspace because Sigma Cap actually partnered with them to give all of our collegians um, a couple months free. So if you are having these feelings, please get the free code and go get help from a therapist if you can't get out of your school. But And that will be linked in the show notes yes. if you want to take advantage of that. But I dealt with something similar where I was trying to get into a therapist's office for a minute too. And I called like three or four places in the area and some of them said they would call me back. Other ones said it was like weeks away. And I was like, but I need to talk to someone now, you know? And it was unreal how inaccessible it actually was to try and get into an office to just talk to someone about that. Exactly. I think there's just, I mean, to, to actually admit that you need help is just such a big step. And then to be met with resistance and the process of finding a therapist, you're not going to find, I mean, it's a blessing if you, if you walk into a therapist's office and you randomly, you know, are paired with them and it works out. Like I've seen so many different therapists and some you click with and others you don't. So you kind of have to go through this trial and error process where you're talking to one person and you may just, you might just not vibe with them. Like every, every therapist is, their approach is different. Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with your connection to that person. Um, and so if you're met with such resistance that you're less likely to kind of go through that process until you successfully find the right match. And that, that can be very disheartening. Mm-hmm, for sure. But going back to some things that you mentioned earlier about how you said you were embarrassed to kind of admit that you were dealing with this, there's always been that stigma around mental health Mm -hmm. and depression. And it's great to see so many people kind of being more open about it now and like coming forward and talking about it because a lot of them say if this can help other people, then they want to talk about it that way. But obviously that stigma is still there, but it's continuing to lessen, Mm -hmm. which is nice to see because it's not something to be ashamed of at all. Um, yeah, definitely not. I think a lot of celebrities um, and, you know, public figures are starting to come out and talk about their own stories, which is really helpful to the whole stigma fighting cause yeah. because you're right. Like it shouldn't be something that it feels embarrassing and it should, it shouldn't be. Um, it's just because, just because you can't physically see it, um, doesn't mean that it's not real. And because there's not, unfortunately, there's not a clear cut pathway to treatment. Um, I mean, we know that you can see therapy, but you know, you can't just not, you can't just take a pill and make it better. You know, like there's so many different antidepressants out there and some of them, yeah, it requires trial and error because there's just not one that works for everybody. I want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing to help others um, in this area, but could you go in to your brother's story a little bit so we can give a little bit of background about what you're doing now? Yeah, of course. So my brother, Justin, uh, he was this amazing person. He 
he was so kind, but he was, he was very, um, he was very deep. Uh, he was always super deep, super philosophical. Um, and he struggled with depression for years and years. And, um, unfortunately that ultimately led to his suicide five years ago. Um, so that experience changed my whole life. It changed my perspective on what was important, what I wanted to do for a career. Um, I don't have a background in mental health. Um, I didn't go to school for it. However, I was like, there's so much that can be done. Like, how can I contribute um, in some way? So, um, you know, combining what I knew was helpful for him at the time and also just doing a lot of research after he died and, um, you know, seeing what's out there, there's so, there's just millions of resources and there's, there's so much work that's being done. And I thought to myself, how can I get these tools and resources in people's hands and get it in, in a way that is, um, since it is such a tricky subject, get it in a, get it in their hands in a way that is, um, well received. And it's kind of like a gift. Um, so that's how the subscription box idea came. So Brokely Box, um, it's a, the name is a tribute to my brother. So Brokely is obviously my last name. Um, but also I didn't want it to be this obvious name that if you receive this in the mail, especially, you know, if you're not, if you're not ready to be open about your story and be, you, you don't want something so obvious, like, oh, anxiety, you know, like I'm dealing with anxiety and I have this box at my doorstep and now the whole world knows. Um, so that's great if you're open about it, but not everyone is. So um, that's kind of the story behind the name. But yeah, so I wanted I wanted um, to get these tools and resources into people's hands. And that's kind of how the subscription box company was born. So what all is in the box each month? So, um, so it comes quarterly, so four times a year. And each quarter, the items will change. They have similar categories of items but um so for example the first box that ever went out uh went out in december of 2018 and that box had um a pocketudes gratitude journal so it's like this mini gratitude journal and there's been a lot of research and studies done showing that writing what you're grateful for can ultimately help a lot with your mental health and stress um and it's it's nice because it has prompts which are great. Like I'm, I'm not a big journaler. And I, when I do, it's, it's always more helpful for me to have a prompt or some sort of question yeah. to answer. So that's what's great about Pocketudes. Um, it also had a mini uh, diffuser. So it's USB powered. It's portable. You can put it in your car. You can take it with you when you're traveling. You can put it in your office and, um, and a eucalyptus essential oil uh, to go with it. And then what else is in there? What does eucalyptus eucalyptus oil do? What is it? I'm not familiar with all of the oils. Which like what does that do? Yeah, so eucalyptus, um, it's actually like main claim to fame is to help with like if you're sick, um, like have a cold. Um, it's really helpful for like antimicrobial and those types of benefits, but there have been studies done that eucalyptus, the the scent um is very calming and can help with anxiety. So it was sort of appropriate to put that in the December box because I was like, okay, this is a time where people might be catching colds yeah. as well as get the benefit of like calming sense. Another little tidbit or tip, I guess, um, 
I saw recently is people were taking like eucalyptus leaves, like the branches and hanging it behind their shower. And the steam was picking up the scent from the, from the leaves. And um, I don't know. I just saw that idea. I thought it was really cool, but cool? yeah, the, the eucalyptus. Sorry. Is that cool? Well, that's what koalas eat. Right. That's why they're always like super. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. I was thinking about it. Hey. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't put this in, but apparently it like makes them like super high. I've heard I that. Heard I gotta go there. Yeah. No. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Smelling it does not have that effect. Okay. <laughs> so the first box also had a massage roller. So, um, like I hold so much tension in my neck and. Um, it's like the massage roller ball and you can actually put it on your, on your neck and it helps relieve that tension. Um, and then what else? A jump rope. So each box has a, some sort of physical fitness item since there are so many links to exercising and brain health and mental health. Um, so the first box had a jump rope in it. Um, the second box that went out in March had a resistance band as a fitness item, um, it also had a, a candle, little book of mindfulness, which is this cute little book, and it has um, different mindfulness strategies, and they're they're five to ten minute exercises, so it's pretty manageable. Like if you only have five minutes and you're feeling stressed, you can it's it's like a tiny little book you can fit in your purse, you can pull that out and sort of take a step back and do one of the exercises. Um, it also had a glass water bottle and a hydration sensor. So the sensor lights up when, um, it's motion, it's motion sensor. So if you don't touch your water bottle or your cup after, um, a certain amount of time, it will light up and remind you, um, to drink it. And it's so funny because one of my friends was like, I thought it was kind of silly at first. Yeah. Like that was kind of silly for his, like, this thing isn't going to like do anything for me. And he's like, there it is on my desk. And I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe it's been so long since I took a sip of water. So it just helps because there's so many links to yeah. dehydration and mental health. I am really stuck on this water bottle yeah. now. I really I want one. That. Well, there is this thing around going around the office called a Zach water bottle for a while. And you like move the bands up like for every... Yeah full water bottle that you drink there's like eight bands so that you drink like eight of these water bottles but i think i would Half like that a little bit more because then yes. it like tells you like how long it's been that might be the new trend here yeah and ah. the sensor is cool because you can put it on any water bottle or any oh. cup so it like comes off and you can put it on i'll send you guys one don't yeah. worry oh, <laughs> i'll hook you up but yeah we'll post it we'll give you everyone a, a link to obviously the brogley box as well as a, mm-hmm. a sensor band because that's that's amazing yeah that's cool that'll be really helpful well, the box sounds and it doesn't great. alarm too, which I love. Like it doesn't make a noise, so it just lights up. So it's, if you're like in class or if you're in a meeting or something, it's not going to be disruptive, which I like. Right. But that would be kind of funny in the office of like everyone's like water bottles beeping, and I don't know. I don't yeah. Time to drink. But you like just started this business. Then if the first one went out in December, and then the second one out in March, that's amazing brand new company but um yeah the response has been really great like I I think the biggest hurdle at this point is just getting the word out there um since it it is just sort of like a bootstrap Mm -hmm. type of business um but I'm hoping that once the word gets out it'll really take off yeah so is it just you or do you have anyone helping you family or friends yeah so 
um, the co-founder is, uh, his name is Dustin Belt. He's actually my boyfriend as well, but, um, he, he helps me. He actually taught himself how to use Adobe InDesign to make the magazine. So each box has these physical items in them as, as well as this 30 page mini magazine. And the magazine is really special. And I think sort of, um, along with the items, I think it's probably, the coolest part of the box. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm biased, but anyway, it has articles from psychologists, psychiatrists, different self-help guides, nutrition information, exercises, different apps that are out there, resources that are available. Um, and he actually like taught himself how to basically make a magazine. It was really cool. Wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful to have him. What a skill to learn on your own too. I mean, That's I learned how to use that in college and stuff, but yeah. I, I'm impressed. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll just watch some YouTube videos, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, like. <laughs> Seriously, YouTube. What will we do without that now? Because that's what we turn to when we can't figure oh, out. Oh, oh yes, stuff anymore, yes. I figured out. Well, this is why we have a podcast. It's because of YouTube. Yeah. Thank you, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> we figured that out as well. Yeah, but it's just us on the team right now. <laughs> Hopefully to grow in the future. Yeah, exactly. So obviously your brother's uh, death had a huge impact on you, which obviously it would. That's, you know, common sense. But um, how did this affect your family and your mental health when you were already dealing with depression? Yeah, so luckily I was probably a year into therapy with a therapist that I really loved and that we were making a lot of progress. So, um, yeah, but then after when my brother died, I was actually, um, it was a very traumatic experience, um, his death. So I was actually diagnosed with acute PTSD. Um, so it was a long, a long process for me in terms of recovery and everyone deals with grief differently, um, especially a traumatic death. Um, different members of my family, we've all grieved differently. Um, and there's just really no clear-cut way um, to cope with something. I think what's, what's been common across the board is that you find a new normal after so much time. Um, and so it's been five years and no, it doesn't make it necessarily easier, but you, you learn to live with this great loss that, um, you know, at first felt so raw and, um, especially, I mean, my brother, he was so young, he was 24 years old, just starting his life and not just starting his life. That sounded weird, but, um, he's 24 years old and so young and, really just starting his career. He had his own business. He, uh, was a, he went to school for computer science and digital media design. So did a lot of web, web and application development, um, super smart. Um, and all the projects that he took on had, he wanted each project that he took on to have some sort of social impact. Um, so always just like giving back to the community and, um, but yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm very, I'm like totally, going on a tangent from what the question was, but yeah, the, the process, it did really um, affect me, but it also, it opened my eyes to realize like, I, this is very serious and this is what could ultimately happen if 
I don't get the help that I need if I don't make sure that the people I love get the help that they need. Um, you know, because and for, like we did know Justin, my brother, had expressed suicidal or he 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 had suicidal tendencies where he would he would talk about it and that was very scary, but you never think that it's actually going to happen. Yeah. So um yeah, so so it just kind of opened my eyes to a couple things. One, like this is a very serious, serious thing and, and it starts from when it's not serious. So we should be thinking about our mental health um even when we're not experiencing an issue necessarily. Um and then, you know, the resources are out there to get help. Like there's so many there's so many tools out there. Um it's just a matter of getting them. It, it just researching them. And when you're, when you're feeling very depressed or you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious, the last thing you want to do is do the research yourself. You know, like the last thing you want to do is go on a website and figure out what, what you need to do. Um, so yeah, anyway, I feel like I like totally diverted from the original question. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you, I mean, sometimes it's hard to do things for yourself. Like you said, when you're in that situation, but something what you're doing, you could order for a friend or a family member um, to help with their stress levels. I do have a question. So when you opened up and you started this business, do you get a lot of people reaching out to you with their stories or um, how you're helping them and others? Because I feel like that would be probably an amazing part of your business. Yeah, no, it's definitely rewarding. Um, it can be it can be sad to hear people's stories, um, but for the most part, when they receive a box or they, or even like something that I posted on social media, something as small as that, you like, I was having a really bad day and I saw that and it just changed everything for me um, in that moment. And that's really just, that's, that what make, that's what makes it worth it um, in the long run. I mean, starting a business is not, it's not easy. And there's been a lot of times where I feel discouraged or I feel like I want to give up, but then, you know, hearing people's stories like, Oh my God, I was having the worst day. I got back from this trip and there my broken box was, and it was perfect timing. And I, you know, or I was having, I was having this horrible day at work and I was feeling super stressed. And I, I reached in my backpack to get, um, to get a pen and the little book of mindfulness was, I, I forgot that I threw it in there. And so I took five minutes and it changed my day. And so little stuff like that. I mean, it, it just, it's really special to hear. And I'm so happy when people that shoot me an email or send me a message on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me how it helped them because it just further motivates my, my cause. Yeah. That's great. So you went to school to become a chemical engineer, which that's an awesome career path. I am not mathematically that's not my brain or anything I'm definitely like writing creative all that sort of thing but you left that sort of career path to start Broglie Box were you unhappy at your job or was it just like you felt called to kind of pursue this as your mission no it's I was never unhappy at my job I was working in the skincare and cosmetics industry um and I always wanted to do that like I in college, I was like, that's my goal. I want to work for a skincare company or a makeup company or somehow be involved in that industry, um, personal care. And it, so yeah, so when I, I started my career path and then my brother died, 
just things in me started to change where I felt this calling where I needed to be doing something related to mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, because my, my goal was, I never want anyone to feel the way that my family feels right now. I never want someone, um, to have to go through what we went through with my brother's death. Um, and if I could have prevented his death in any way, made him feel better, then obviously I would do anything for that. Um, so, you know, it was a very hard decision for me to make in terms of kind of going off of this traditional career path, because where I came from, um, the town I grew up in was very traditional in that way where everyone graduated high school, went to college, got a job, got engaged, got a dog, got a house. Like it was, it's kind of, and that's, that's such a great life. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, um, when I started thinking about wanting to do something else, it took a lot of courage for me to even think that that was a possibility. Um, and yeah, it's been an interesting ride. I've learned a lot. Like as a, as an entrepreneur, you have to wear many hats and you to do things that you never thought you would even be able to do. And it's kind of, it kind of amazes my, like I, I'm amazed myself sometimes. I'm like, whoa, like I can't believe that I did this or I can't believe that this, you know, this is happening. So. What's been the hardest thing about starting this business? Um, the hardest thing has been. Cause the box looks great. Going, yeah. As a designer, everything oh, in it you. really does look beautiful. So yeah, like a thank lot you. Of, yeah. Yeah. Really great. All the collateral and things. Yeah. The hardest thing has probably been just not knowing what I'm doing most of the time. <laughs> 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 no, just this, I think it's been like self doubt, honestly, because um, you know, you, you, you have confidence and you know that you've done all the research and, you know, being an engineer I'm and being a perfectionist, I'm like, I have to have like everything perfectly lined up and I have to have all the research perfectly laid out. And when you start a business, it's just not like that. And it can't be, you're going to have moments where you, you have to make a decision without all the information. Um, but you learn to kind of deal with that ambiguity over time. And um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> so it is April when we are recording this, but it's going to go live in, um, in May. But you said that your brother's um, five-year anniversary was yesterday. Do you do anything? Does your family kind of get together? Do you do anything to honor him? I know that when my family, my dad passed away like, nine years ago. And we always like, you know, let balloons go. Cause that's what we did when he passed. And so I didn't know if you guys did anything special to honor him. Yeah. So this was the first year that I wasn't with my parents. Um, but each of us like individually, um, we always try to just spend time outside because my brother loves being outside. He loves being in nature Um, so I live in Los Angeles and my boyfriend and I spent some time at the beach yesterday. Um, but in years past, like on his birthday, we, we've always tried to do something for others. So, um, the past five years, my mom and I, and my dad have made, um, these scarves for the homeless out of, um, like fleece from Michael's or whatever. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we've, we've tried to just do something 
just do something for others. And my brother was all about being kind and he was such a kind person that I try to incorporate that on a daily basis, but I really try to remind myself of that and to do something for others on these big dates. Um, you know, it's interesting, like, of course, these, these dates affect, or they're, they're sorry, let me rephrase. Um, these important dates are obviously significant, but, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of just another day and um, different days affect me differently. So like in the years past, I found that leading up to his death date was actually more stressful for me or more sad for me than the actual day, because it was like this feeling of what's, what's going to happen? Like, what, how am I going to react versus this year? Um, you know, I, I, spend time outside and I thought of him but it's, I think it it helps me that I think of my brother um in such a different light ever since starting the company and I I really um you know I'm he's with me in my work mm-hmm. day to day um versus in years past when I I worked in another industry um you know it, it was not that he was a side thought but it wasn't my main job. It wasn't my main work. Um, and now having him in my work and having his, this cause in my work, I think really helps. Yeah. It definitely keeps his memory alive and yeah. something that you're passionate about. That's helping others. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I would love I'm to talk about your dad. Oh no, he's, I, and again, it's, it's funny as time goes on, you, uh, you do, it just changes to where it's, it's, it's a celebration of life is how my sister and I always talk about it. It's not the sadness of the passing. It is, um, it's really just thinking about the memories and the fondness that you had with them. So no, I don't, I don't really get sad over it anymore, but it's, you know, time heals. So, um, yeah. And it it, it hits you at different times versus day necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would love to know advice you have for others that are maybe going through this or see their friends going through it. How can they help others? How can they help themselves? What are your thoughts on that? So I think the most important thing that I want to highlight is if you have a friend and you think that they might be suicidal or even you just think that they're sad, like you need to ask them, you need to ask them asking them and I've gone through like mental health, um, mental health first aid training. Um, you asking them if they're suicidal or asking them if they're going to hurt themselves, you know, you're under this impression at first, like, will this put the idea in their head? And that's actually not the case at all. You need to ask them because you need to know that information so that you can do something with it. If you don't ask them, then it stays in their head. And they might be unwilling to, or um, they might not know that you're willing to talk about something like that. And by asking them, they can, then they know if, first of all, they can share with you if that is the case. Mm -hmm. And if they, if it is the case and they don't share it with you at that moment, then maybe they, they might share it with you later if it is the case. Um, but that would be like, that's like number one. Like you need to ask if you think something's up, like you need to ask. Um, and then 
there are just like I said, there just there are so many resources out there. And if you don't know what to do to help someone, um, you know, please like our like the Broke Box website has so many resources. Um, I always tell people email me like I will help as much as I can. Um, or, you know, there's just, yeah, like I said, there's just so many resources out there and don't be afraid to, don't feel like you're overstepping with a friend, especially because you're not, um, you could ultimately save their life at the end of the day. You just never know. Yeah. And speaking of the mental health first aid training, that's something that our our leadership consultants and a couple of other staff members Mm -hmm. here have participated in and so we'll put a link to that on the show notes page as well if anyone is interested in what that training is like or if they want to get certified in that as well because it's definitely a useful skill Mm -hmm. to have and to be able to help others with that yeah and I mentioned the talk space for collegians earlier but we also have a discount code for alumni and we'll link to that form so you can get that discount code um, because I do not want to leave out our lovely alumni well do you have any other advice for our listeners I think the only, the only other thing I want to say is just for people to, um, to realize that there are others out there probably feeling the way that you're feeling. If you're feeling down, just know that a, that you're not alone. And this is, this unfortunately is a normal thing that, you know, that you're feeling and it's not, um, it could be for no reason at all. Um, you know, not every depression stems from something traumatic happening. Um, and that was perfectly with the case in my case where I know I felt like I had it all and I didn't, it didn't make sense or it wasn't um, justified to feel depressed. Um, and so just know that you are justified. And, and then secondly, that there is help available. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may take a little bit to get there, but don't feel shy and reaching out for help. I think, um, you know, it, you, everyone wants to feel better and you, you can feel better. You know, you don't have to live with, you don't have to live under this cloud of depression or you don't have to live with um, constantly feeling anxious. Like there's ways to be able to help yourself. And so, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us, Julia. We really enjoyed you talking about your story, telling us about your brother and how Broglie Box was founded. Um, It's something that we're happy to support. And Julia is also offering all of our listeners a discount code off your first Broglie Box if you would like to purchase. Um, It's 15% off, 15, one five. Uh, Sounded kind of like I said, 50 for a second. Uh, And the discount code is just SIGK, S-I-G-K. And that will get you 15% off your first box. But we'll have links to um, her website, her social media handles, and Talkspace and any other resources that we can find to help you. Thanks for being here, Julia. Amazing. Thanks so much for having me.